If you'll turn with me to Jonah chapter 3, and if you'll stand, if you're able, we'll begin in verses, uh, we'll be reading 1 through 10. Jonah chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days! And Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh, By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way, and from the violence that is in his hand. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster and he said that he had said he would do to them and he did not do it. Thank you. You may be seated. For those of you who take notes, there's an outline in the bulletin. I'm going to, uh, there's four questions that are asked this morning, and I'm going to give the answers to those just in case while I'm speaking, um, something goes unanswered. First question, who is worthy of God's mercy? That's a question that even believers struggle with. Why was I made to believe? Why did I experience God's mercy? I wish I had an answer that would suffice our limited understanding as humans, but the answer is no one is worthy or deserving of God's mercy. Not one of us. Mercy, the compassion of God to look on a helpless and hopeless people. God looked down and in his mercy, he sent a messenger. The messenger was his son, Jesus Christ. Who is willing, secondly, was Uh, who is willing to be obedient to this message. Um, 
actually, this was given early. If we'll go down to the third one, it says, what will you do with the messenger and how will you respond to the message? Uh, the second one is, who is willing to go and be obedient to bring the message? Who is willing and obedient to go and bring the message? This morning we will see Jonah is the one who is called to bring the message. God sends him. He will be disobedient at first, and then he will be obedient. But the true messenger, um, Jathan has been preaching in Matthew, uh, leading us verse by verse as we uh, study Matthew, will be coming up to Matthew chapter 12 when he's talking with the Pharisees, and he talks about the sign of Jonah as being the only sign that will be given. And in fact, a wicked generation looks for a uh, sign. And he said, the only sign that will be given is the one of Jonah. As Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the earth three days and three nights. And in fact, the outcome of our message today, on Judgment Day, Nineveh, these 120,000 people, will stand and condemn the generation of Jesus' day because Nineveh repented. Yes, who is willing and obedient? Jesus Christ, the Son of God. God the Father sent his Son. He was obedient. He came not on his own initiative, but to do the will of the Father, and he was obedient to the call. Now the question, third question, what will you do with the messenger? Jonah, we will see, was received. Jesus Christ, when he came to the generation, in John it says, his own did not receive him. He was rejected. In fact, many of the prophets that God sent before his own son were rejected, were killed, were persecuted. And lastly, how will you respond to the message of the messenger? Jesus Christ has given you the message of the gospel. He is the word of God. He is the message. He laid down his life after living a righteous life that each one of us could not. He and he alone was the righteousness of God. Israel was given the Ten Commandments from Moses. The law was given to point out our sin. No man can keep the law. Jesus Christ, the messenger, and he alone kept the law. He alone is righteousness that we need. And we are unable to do it in and of ourselves. So the message is, believe Jesus Christ, whom God sent. In fact, John 6 says, this is the work of God, that you believe on him he sent, on whom he sent. This was Jesus Christ. This is the work of God. Salvation is a work of God. Mercy is a work of God. God the Father God the Son, 
and God the Holy Spirit. This message that we're looking at this morning will be proclaimed, and the prayer is that God will open your eyes, open your ears to see his mercy and believe. Believing is faith. Faith is what God gives you to start a life of repentance. If you truly believe, if you truly have faith, you will repent. Repent isn't something you just say. Repenting is an action. There's a movement to it. There's a changing. For a believer, it's a changing and conforming to the image of Christ. You are leaving your old life behind and you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, and you are living your life by the power of the Spirit that he gives. We'll address the believer and the unbeliever at the end. Well, this morning, text is Jonah. He's coming a second time. In Jonah chapter 1, in verse 1, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise! Go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it. Here was the command of God. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, and he said, Arise and go. I will give you my word. You are to go to Nineveh. Why? For their evil has come up before me. The wickedness of Nineveh did not escape the notice of God, their creator. In fact, Nineveh was a Gentile nation. Jonah was a Hebrew, Israel. The Gentiles were lesser than Israel. They were not God's chosen people. In fact, they oppressed Israel. They warred against Israel. They caused hardships to Israel. Jonah did not want to go. Not because he was afraid of Nineveh. They were a, they, their hands were bloody from the wars that they had waged and the plunder they had received to build their great city. 1,500 towers in the city. Three chariots could run along the walls of Nineveh. No, the reason Jonah didn't want to go is in chapter 4, in verse 2, when Jonah prayed after Nineveh repented. O Lord, is not this why what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. I knew you were merciful. Yes, Jonah, you can pick him up in the Old Testament in 2 Kings uh, chapter 14, 23 through 28. He was a prophet that God would send. It's recorded that he, when God looked on Israel, the ten tribes, they were idolatrous. They didn't worship in Judah after Solomon Uh, The tribes were split. They were idolatrous, but yet God, when Syria was 
coming down and Israel was helpless. There was nobody on the borders to protect them. God sent the prophet and said, I have seen your helplessness. I have seen there is no one to help you. But I say, I will deliver. And uh, by the words of the Lord, he was merciful to Israel. So Jonah was first, he sat firsthand and saw the mercy of God time and time and time again. And in the uh, book of Jonah, we will see as he continues, Jonah wasn't going to go to Nineveh because he knew that God was merciful, long-suffering, and relenting from disaster. So, instead of going northeast up to Nineveh in obedience to God, he goes south and west to Spain, Tarshish, on a ship. He buys a fare, he gets on a ship, he goes, and the Lord causes a great wind. In verse 7, sorry, uh, verse 4, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea. He caused there to be a mighty tempest, and it threatened to break the ship apart. The sailors, who were Gentiles, who were unbelievers, were crying out to their gods that they worshipped, their idols. They were calling out to please save them. They were throwing over the cargo to save the ship, to lighten the load, and nothing was easing the storm. Jonah was asleep in the side of the boat, in the side of the ship, sound asleep, at peace. He knew the Lord. He could lay his head down at night and sleep peacefully. The captain goes down, awakens Jonah, and he says, get up, call out, cry out to your God. He goes up, and the sailors cast lots to see who is the one who is causing this issue. And the lot came upon Jonah. As soon as the sailors saw that it was Jonah that the lot fell on, they said immediately, What is your occupation? What country do you come from? What people are you of? Jonah's response, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. So, naturally, the mariners look at one another and ask Jonah, So, what, was, what must we do to ease the sea? Jonah, why have you, what have you done to cause this? And Jonah tells him, I am fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Now, we all know, as believers, that you can escape the presence of God. He's everywhere. But this, in Jonah's mind, was even more than trying to escape from the presence of God. He was wanting to change the will of God. No, I'm going to go as far as I can in the opposite direction, and this will change the mercy that will be poured out on Nineveh. 
What a shock it must have been for those, those sailors. You fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and dry land, but you're fleeing from his presence. So they ask him, what shall we do that the sea may quiet down for us? Jonah tells them, well, pick me up and throw me overboard. The sailors, it doesn't set well with them. This is an innocent person. We're going to throw the, a live person overboard where we know certain death awaits them. And they try and row harder against the storm. But the storm gets harder and harder. The waves pound harder and harder against the ship. The wind is increasing. So they cry out to the Lord. Here they cry out to Jonah's God. Lord, Lay not, oh, let us not perish for this man's life. Lay on us not the innocent blood, for you have done as it pleased you to do. They recognized that this was all because of what God had purposed. They didn't want to murder a man, but... In all their efforts, in all man's efforts, they cannot satisfy obedience to a holy God. Try as you might to do your own way, go your own way, you cannot change the will of God. God's mercy will be given. So, in obedience to what Jonah told him, they pick him up, throw him over, and immediately the ocean is quiet. What is the response of the men? The men feared the Lord. They feared the God of Jonah. When they got back, they offered sacrifices to the Lord. They made vows to the Lord. They had experienced God's mercy. They were Gentiles. They experienced Jonah when he left, the vessel experienced mercy by God. Well, Jonah goes down into the sea. He calls out to the Lord in verse 2, Out of his distress, God answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The water closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. I was sinking to the base of the mountains. The bars of death. And the waters were closing in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Yes, I went down to the land whose bars closed up upon me forever. Yet, yet, you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Just before Jonah was 
about to die, says, When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. What was Jonah going to want? At that time, it says, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. He cried out to the Lord, and in mercy, God saved him. He experienced firsthand the mercy of God when he cried out in his prayer. He remembered the Lord in his holy place. Those who pay regard to vain idols, in verse 8 it says, forsake their hope of steadfast love. Yes, the sailors who were crying out to their false god, there was no hope. They did only what they knew to do because they had not heard who the true God of heaven and earth is. They needed to know who the true God is to cry out to him for God to move and for them to behold mercy. Says Jonah says, But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you What I have vowed I will pay, salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. So Jonah, as a prophet, saw God's mercy firsthand in dealing with Israel and its leadership. He was on a boat of Gentiles. He spoke to them of the true Lord of heaven and earth, and in obedience they followed the prophet's instructions of throwing him over, and the sailors received mercy. Well, now Jonah finds himself a second time. The messenger of disobedient was forgiven. When he prayed out to God, when he recognized his hopelessness, he was going to pay his vow. He was going to obey the Lord and follow him. And the Lord came to him a second time with the same command, Arise and go. Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city. Call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. And Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, this is the message from the Lord, yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That message, simple and short, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. People of God, you heard the message and believed. Judgment is coming. Jesus Christ came the first time to make a way of salvation and mercy for us, for those who will believe. But the second time of his return will be when he comes in judgment to judge the heaven and earth. Heaven and earth will pass away in fire. 
The first time the earth was destroyed was with Noah in the flood. Forty days, forty nights, destruction. But God promised, I will never destroy the earth by water again. The rainbow is the promise of that. Yes, God promises next time the earth will be destroyed by fire. The message of mercy, the messenger of mercy is Jesus Christ. He has already come. He has already been sacrificed. And when we confess our sins, that he who knew no sin became sin for us on the cross and bore the wrath of God. The wrath of God that came when Jesus was on this earth was right there on the cross. The hell that will burn for eternity because of the wrath of God, sins will not be satisfied. That same punishment was poured out on the Son of God and He bore it for us, totally removing, not covering by the blood as the Old Testament sacrifices. No, he totally removed our sin. Made us righteous. Dressed us in the robes of righteousness. This 120,000 people that were in Nineveh, their sins were paid on the cross. God knew in his mercy He would pay the cost when the Messiah came. He would be bearing the sins of not only the Jews, but also the Gentiles. In Jesus Christ, there is no distinction. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. No, the law of Moses was given so that we knew and can attest to our sins before a holy God. Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law. Fill full the law. Satisfy the obedience that is required to be an acceptable sacrifice. Yes, Jonah went in yet 40 days. When Jesus Christ was on this earth and he proclaimed the message that Pharisees, The scribes, the religious leaders, they rejected this message. But what about Nineveh? What about the Gentiles? What about the enemies of Israel? The enemies of God? The evil that came up before? What did they do with the message? Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They believed the message. There wasn't hope. They didn't just immediately do something. No, faith in the message of judgment was coming. So what do they do? They believed God. They believed it was going to happen. And they called for a fast. The people, Jonah didn't go to the king first. He went through the gates and started proclaiming, and the people started becoming undone. They started a fast. They put on sackcloth, 
sackcloth, which is skins that are made of goat hair. They removed the things of this world, the idolatrous garb that they were dressed in, and they clothed themselves in goat hair, sackcloth, and ashes. Now, the word of, the word of this reached the king. The king of Nineveh arose from his throne. Notice he doesn't call for his army to shore up the walls to protect them from the enemy and the destructions that comes. No, the king believes the message. He arose from his throne, removed his royal garments, laid them aside, and he too identified with his people as believing the message, being undone, and dressed in sackcloth and ashes, and sat in ashes. Yes, the morning had begun for a people without hope. The king issues a decree. By the king and the nobles, let neither man nor beast Herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Yes, they were undone. They were hopeless, but they believed the message that came from God. The God that Jonah represented, they recognized that this word was true. And he calls out for a fast of no water, no food, and even the animals were to be dressed in sackcloth and ash. Can you imagine 120,000 people? And if anybody has grown up on a farm or... um, fed animals, a large herds or that, when they miss a meal or two, they are crying out, lifting their voice, the bleeding of the lambs, the lowing of the cows, horses, camels. I don't know so much about what a camel sounds like when it's hungry or thirsty. They can go a long time. But all the animals crying out, the people lifting up their voices to God, crying out to Him for mercy. We will turn from our evil. They knew that they were an evil uh, nation. They ceased from doing evil to one another and the violence in their hands they put away. And the question, who knows? Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Who knows? Will God have mercy? Who knows? Who does mercy belong to? God. God and God alone. He will have mercy on whom he has mercy. So, When they sat down, they started their fast. When God saw it, in verse 10, when God saw what they did, 
how they turned from their evil way. God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. So does that make Jonah a false prophet? Does that make God a God that changes his mind? No, we have but to look at our scripture reading in Jeremiah. If you'll turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 18. We are reminded of God's promises. Also, uh, while you're turning there, um, I'll read for you 2 Chronicles seven thirteen through 15. God says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the lands, or send pestilence among the people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to their prayer that is made in this place. Nineveh had humbled themselves. Nineveh had believed the message that the Lord had sent, and they were changing and turning from their evil ways. In Jeremiah, beginning uh, in 18, we'll go to verse 7 for time. It says, If at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it, and if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster and that I intended to do it. And if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I had intended to do to it. Now therefore, say to the man of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am shaping a disaster against you and devising a plan against you. Return everyone from his evil way and amend your ways and your deeds. But Judah, their leadership, they said, That is in vain. We will follow our own plans. And will everyone act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart? What a warning to the world today, to the nations around the world who deny God, who will not listen to the message that goes out, who does not hear and heed the words of God. The world needs to cry out to God, needs to believe the message of Jesus Christ. That is your hope. That is the only hope that you have for eternity. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. 
I think of our nation, the United States. I think of California. I think of Hanford. I think of Visalia. I think of Tulare. Are we heeding the message of Christ? Do we see the messenger of Jesus Christ sent by his Father? Do we believe the message? And have we repented from our idolatry, our ease of living? Nineveh did. And on that day when judgment comes, because judgment is coming, Nineveh will stand up and testify against the generation of the Pharisees. Will they testify against our generation? Will they testify and stand up and look at the United States and say, we repented. We heard the message and believed. Unbeliever, if you're here this morning and you're listening to the message, the word of God, and God gives you ears to hear the message, eyes to see Jesus, his sacrifice, your need, your only hope, cry out to him this morning for mercy. Believer, you have heard the message. You have believed the message. But are you sleeping? Are you satisfied with your circumstances this morning? Jesus, in the end of Matthew, he says, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And he told his disciples, Go and make disciples. Mark says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Every day that you're given, you have the message of the word of God, of Jesus Christ, salvation. Go and make disciples. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teach them to observe all things, whatever Christ has commanded you. Romans says, in quoting Isaiah, who has believed our report, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. We as the church have the words of Christ. We have the living word. Are we proclaiming it to a world that is dying? Yes, even the messenger, Jonah, afterwards was upset with Nineveh's repenting. And I'll leave you with the words, the last verse of Jonah. It says, And should I not pity Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons, who did not know their right hand from their left. They didn't know God. But yet, when they heard the message, they believed. And not only that, and there's also much livestock, much cattle. God cares for his creation. And you, being made in the image of God, are you not 
more precious in his sight. He has given you the words of life. He has given his only son. Believe in him today. May the Lord bless his message and move upon his people.